Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the state age of history. talk about anime video games and uh more kind of the crazy crap that surrounds those things if you're here for hot new releases you can go ahead and just delete this file thanks yes (laughs) just pretty much yeah hopefully you don't uh, plug up your trash can too much i've got really awesome nine month old games to talk about yeah and uh i've got anime varying from one to ten years old to talk about Although we uh, we do have one upcoming game that is of interest, and we'll get to that. Um, so, I guess we can uh, kind of talk about first off. We'll we'll start with Zeta here. What you've been playing? Um, well, okay. Lately, um, as we've talked about before, I'm really into these uh, cheap ass games you can download for the DSi, like uh, the Art Style series, which are basically all puzzle games for some reason, or close to puzzle games. And uh, one of these ones that I've... Um, some of these games I've been buying, and they're like, eh, not so fun, and I don't play them again, and it's no big loss. And then a couple of them, like uh, Precipice and Box Life, I put, like, dozens of hours into, like, maybe... I don't know. Precipice, I paid, I played a lot of Precipice. But uh, one of these new ones I, I got was called uh, DigiDrive, or it says Art Style DigiDrive, I think, in the in the table of contents. And it is uh, another puzzle game, and you know how it is with puzzle games. Uh, they kind of, they've kind of been done. You know, I mean, just about anything you can think of, concept-wise, has been done. Which is why, usually, it involves stuff falling from the top of the screen because that that pretty much that works really well. I mean, that's a great formula. Uh, this one, they decided they didn't want to just keep doing the same thing, so. DigiDrive ten, has a new has a new concept, but it is a concept so abstract that it takes you forever just to understand what in the world they're supposed to be doing. Like, I, it, in fact, I think they probably went too far because when I first downloaded this game months and months ago, I just gave up on it and said "fuck it" and played something else because I couldn't even understand how to play it. But it looks like a, it looks like a cross in the middle of your screen, and the cross is sort of like a highway intersection. And cars, they call them cars, but they just look like little chevrons. They come from the different roads and go down the other roads. And uh, you can direct them. You can say turn left, turn right. And the point is to stack them up so that you get five of them that go down the same road. And then they turn into like a little energy ball. 
And the more you go, more of them you put down there, the bigger the energy ball gets. And the point of the energy is to spend it to make this on the other screen, this little dot move up so that this little pointer does not poke into it. And what you have to do is like build up, you get those first five so that you have like energy things and uh, do that on a couple of the roads and then run the wrong color car down there so that it breaks the combo sort of and that ends up splitting it evenly into two other roads and that, that magnifies your fuel, they call it fuel and moves the ball up higher. It's fucking nonsense. And what I said probably <laughs> makes no sense to you at all. Like It's fairly abstract sounding for sure. It's cool looking. Uh, everything is either white, red, or black. And it has neat uh, music. Kind of sounds like uh, if there were such a thing as mid-80s craft work, it would sort of sound like that. And it's uh, it's nice, but it's too hard to figure out and it's way too difficult to get the goals like there's other music to unlock but shit you have to be really fucking good to unlock a single song so basically i listen to the same music all the time uh, there are other themes that involves changing all the colors and that just makes it even more confusing because then you get you know you're used to the wrong colors and everything so um it's neat maybe if you're like a if you're someone who enjoys games like i enjoy movies that are so hard to figure out that you just have to watch it 50 times and think about it if you like games like that, when I don't know if anyone does, <laughs> yeah. uh, seems like a small audience they were chasing. That here. doesn't, yeah, confusion doesn't translate to games as well as it does to movies. <laughs> Confusing movies have audience. Confusing games, I don't know. But uh, yeah, try that. Five bucks, I think, or something like that. Is um, there a demo? It's a five dollar game. <laughs> no, there's no demo. Well, what there the are fuck? No, there are no demos of anything. Uh, on on the Wii shop or the DSi shop, I don't think. There is, I think this game, I could be totally wrong about this, uh, but I think this game was released as part of the, as part of that series of Game Boy Advance games back a, wh- a while ago called, uh, actually it might have been called Art Style. There was a series of like uh, cheap, like 2,000 yen games for GBA a while ago. I don't think any of them came out in America, but this might be one of those. Um, so that's sort of a demo there, if you think about it, since it came out years ago. <laughs> oh, God. You're like the weakest apologist for Nintendo. I'm sure they would uh, like to bring you on staff. Yeah, Bit Generations. That was the name of the, the GBA uh, games. Oh, yeah. I remember and, that initiative. And, th- and this was one of those. Uh, just looking at the... Uh, the other games, it looks like this is the only one that ever made it to uh, to an art style thing. Although I think Dotstream might have been. That might be coming out for Wii soon. Anyway, so there's that. And then uh, the, uh, the other thing I've been playing just recently, just started playing this, was uh, the new Zelda uh, for DS, which is called Spirit Tracks. And it is done... And I don't need to explain Zelda any, but to anybody, I hope. It is done in the style of Wind Waker, which is my favorite Zelda game. Um, but instead of the boat that everybody but me hates, I like the boat. Oh, but God. The, uh, it has a train. Um, so 
the train is in tra- some people really are like ape shit about trains like there are people that are obsessed with trains so like the uh especially japanese now i think more nowadays than americans americans used to love trains but now that they're just antiques that you can't see anywhere uh, you know the the enthusiasm has died but the uh the thing with uh the train is you're like your link's ro- role in the beginning of the game is he's a apprentice engineer of course. Of That's course. a good job for the hero of Hyrule. Well, he's not the hero of Hyrule. He's just a punk. These games are all like in different continuities as far as I can tell. So he becomes the hero of Hyrule reluctantly because uh, really what he wants, wants to be an engineer. And you get the train and it has a little cannon on it, just like the boat eventually anyway. And like all trains, you can only control your speed and then you can control if a junction is coming up you can control you know if you go left or right which is something you usually have a hard time controlling in an actual train it's uh like i said it's just like wind waker so it's in that same style that people either love or hate uh so far i'm saying uh it's a decent game it's a bit easy they managed to do everything with a stylus which is odd but I think that uh, it works out pretty well. You just, like, tap on all the guys to uh, kill them. And then, like, <laughs> you, you, I mean, to attack, you know, the normal wah, 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 with the sword. So if, if you tap him and then you slash on him, he'll do, like, a, a cross slash, which sometimes they'll block the first one. So this is, like, a short two-hit combo. And then there's the twirl. Or if you circle with a stylus, he'll do a uh, whirlwind attack. Uh, it As far as the graphics go, it's just, like, everything on DS you go wow, I can't believe that, you know, handhelds do 3D now. That's amazing. On the other hand, this doesn't look very good <laughs> because the polygon count is, you know, one-third of the GameCube version, if that. So watching it, it's kind of a little bit rough. But for people who, you know, still think PlayStation 1 games are, you know, tolerable looking, you won't have any trouble with this kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, I'd kind of prefer they would just have went back to Super Nintendo style. I wish they would for the handhelds. Yeah, I want I want more handheld 2D Zelda like that cuz uh I I beat all the um the Game Boy Zeldas, you know? Mm-hmm. Those are all super fucking awesome. Yeah, they are, yes. And uh I just want more of that. I mean, is that too much to ask? Can we not have that anymore? You take it away want, from me. Well, you know when the Game Boy Color came out, they did uh Link's Awakening DS or DX. Uh and it was the same game with like one tiny new dungeon and a little bit of crappy color, because the color on the Game Boy Color was nothing to write home about. Uh, they could just do that again, just make Link's Awakening again. I love that game. That's my. That's like one of my favorite Zelda's. Yeah, that game was pretty awesome. Um, speaking of trains and action upon them, um, I'm going to talk about an anime I've been watching called Bakano. Um, Bacchano is, it feels like an experiment. It kind of feels like uh, some guy was like, what if I just, you know, try telling like a real novel, like a a novella or something type story in anime. Um, It's uh, it's only 26 episodes, I believe. Um, I think the manga is probably running longer or whatever. But it is set in uh, Prohibition era... Um, Chicago and New York, I think. Um, so all the most of the characters in the the series are American, 
um, or uh, European. I don't think there's... I don't believe there's any Japanese people in the show that I can think of. So everyone's got names like Cesare and, uh, you know, John and Jack and Scott's and Martin's and that kind of thing. Um, it has a, a really, like, cool, smooth, like, jazz intro that uh, that kind of goes through their huge cast of characters. And the the main drive of the show without spoiling anything because it is such a short show uh seems to be that there is a train um that has the most ridiculous name in the entire universe which is the flying pussyfoot mm. uh is leaving the station um i believe in chicago and by the time it gets to new york ill shit goes down and they they kind of show you that they show like the end result then it proceeds to tell you kind of in clips that are out of order um, and jumps, jumping back and forth through time a lot uh, how all the, the super fucked up shit that you see um, upon the train's arrival, like how that all goes down. Uh, this sounds pretty cool. It is, it's really fucking cool. Um, and it, it's one of the things that was really shocking is how uh, just kind of unbelievably violent it is for the aesthetic um it looks like a you know like a high budget like i don't know like it's gonna be like if it was if you told me from just little clips here and there it was a show about a guy that finds love on a train like i would believe it instead it's actually about a guy who finds a head on the train (laughs) is that that right it's about a guy that tears heads from necks on a train (laughs) more like it like it's it's shockingly violent and and bloody and um, it's a lot of uh, of pretty crazy mature stuff, um, but it was it was just fascinating to watch, and every episode just had me like reaching for the the next episode as quick as I could get my hands on it. Um, it was totally electric. I very satisfied with the ending. Uh, I know that the manga continues on more, but the anime hits like a, a nice ending part to the the little arc, I guess you know. Like you mm-hmm. don't you don't feel robbed at the end. Um, the, the a lot of likable characters for different reasons. Uh, their motivations are all pretty unique and pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, like I just like I I can't wait for a Bacano two or a Shin Bacano or or something to get made because <laughs> this was the shit and I just want more. Um, so I can't I can't give this a high enough recommendation. Bakuno is one of the the just like most fun and entertaining surprises I've had of an anime in a while, and uh, it's it's definitely a must watch. Um, it's typically spelled B A C C A N O because I believe it's Italian for danger or or something. Okay. It's, it's Italian for something. It's not a Japanese word. Okay. Bakuno. Yeah. Um. Now, this whole series takes place on one train ride? Uh well it's like they'll they'll jump forward before the train and, and after the train and they'll they'll jump all around the train. Like the train is the central plot where every all these different people interact, but they show you how these people got to the train, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like the train is kind of the, the main stage where things happen. But plenty happens outside of the train. 
I'm just wondering, like, do you really want a sequel? Because that doesn't sound like it would, could could work. Well, the manga continued. Like, the, uh-huh. it's taken these characters and done more with them. And they go on another train. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what what happens next, but like the writing and the characters were awesome enough that I would just want more. You know, I don't know if it could live up to this first intro storyline. I mean, a lot of anime do that. They kind of, you know, totally pop their load on their first major arc and then mm-hmm. have trouble ever getting back up to speed. Um, or, they, or they do, but by then the readership is gone and nobody cares. Yeah, it's like Dragon Ball Z struggled to 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 get back to, um, like, Vegeta for a long time. Like, the Freezer Saga was really, really long and... Yeah. It took him a long time to kind of to get back up, and then they, you know, they they shot off Super Saiyan. And everyone's like, "Oh, this is amazing!" Then the Cell game took like a long time to get going again, and then that got good. And you know, it's like there there are definitely a lot of low points while you're kind of waiting around for things to get back on track. And um, every major shonen like suffers from that with your Naruto's and your Bleach's. Like Bleach has still never really managed to equal the original soul society arc even though it's went on for hundreds of episodes later like i really feel like <laughs> that first arc was the best arc and they've never managed to kind of recapture it um dude just give them another hundred episodes yeah it's like they'll, uh, they'll get back in stride <laughs> even anime that are really critically acclaimed like ruroni kenshin um it's like they have this shishio arc that's so good that there's there's really no reason to ever watch it again. Like after after that's done, you can just walk away. Yeah, uh, there are too many shows that that just don't stop. I mean, that you used to be able to say that about one of the good things about manga was that it would stop. You know, and one of the things people used to say was like, well, if they don't have anything cool to write about the Incredible Hulk this month, they're going to write something anyway, and it's you know, and it's just going to be garbage. And with manga, they don't do that. They take breaks, they end the series, they make new series. But that's becoming, with with a dominance of shonen manga again, uh, and the death of OVAs and everything, we're sort of seeing all too much of that, I think. Where things never quit. and Well, like the filler episode situation, you know, the manga slows down, but they don't want to stop airing the show. Because yeah. it, used, it used to be that you'd have these... You know, animes were usually TV ones were usually six months at a time, so you'd get twenty six episodes or fifty two episodes, and they'd kind of plant that way in the first place. And they didn't usually go much beyond that. And if they did, they went in like even blocks. But Dragon Ball was the show that came along and just never fucking ended. And uh, also like uh, Kaneko Man and Fist of the North Star, but I think Dragon Ball in particular, they realized hey, I know it's totally over and absolutely positively done, but how about we just keep doing it and call it GT, you know? Don't forget about Doraemon. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are others. Well, what is it? Saze-san? I think, is that still going? That's like the longest-running anime. Uh, Doraemon, as far as I know, it's got over 4,000 episodes or something. Is it still going, though? I thought Doraemon was canceled ages ago. I don't think it is. Uh, I don't know. Like, Doraemon, uh, like... To, for comparison's sake, Dragon Ball Z is 296 episodes. Doraemon <laughs> has over 4,000 episodes. <laughs> you know what? Episode 3,999 is pretty much the same as episode 5. <laughs> like, you know, like, like, 
he's still hanging out with Doraemon or whatever. Like shit has not changed. Uh, well, he, the th- he, the thing with shows like that though, it's kind of like Sesame Street. You know, Sesame Street is thousands of episodes too, but it's, you judge it by a different standard. You know, they're still counting to twelve. <laughs> they're still counting to twelve. What two, yeah. three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, and nine, ten. I recently watched the uh, 40th anniversary Sesame Street DVD, and it's two discs, right? And it's basically a bunch of those, what they consider key moments, you know, and and those sorts of things strung together. And the first disc ends at 1989, I think. So you can pretty much just not even watch the second disc. Because it's you know it's just going to be like chock a block Elmo the entire fucking time, well, but the first disc has all that cool shit like the Pointer Sisters pinball song and all that other stuff. Yeah, it's neat, I, neat I, stuff. I don't think I would ever watch a Sesame Street DVD. I'm just saying. Oh, I think I think you would, dude. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like you all the way. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't really go back and I don't I don't I don't find anything quaint about children's stuff at all. You know, there are those people that read like Harry Potter books or whatever, and they're just like, "Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, st- I still like kids' books, and I still like things like, I don't know, I really don't ever go back to that kind of shit. Like, I don't like whimsy, and I don't know, all that's lost on me. Like, I'm too. You don't jaded. like whimsy? No, I You're fucking anti whimsy. <laughs> completely anti whimsy. I don't like whimsy at all. I I can't uh, I can't appreciate you know new things for kids because I'm not a kid and I can't ever see it from the kid's angle but when I uh you know stuff that's from when I was five is still nostalgic to me it's also worth pointing out that the the kids shows for me when I was five were a fuck of a lot different than the ones they are now I mean now they're very much more colorful and cheery and happy and amped up and saccharine and as possible and really (laughs) stupid and I watched motherfucking pinwheel pinwheel was like some kind of acid trip for a kid like yeah there in the 70s there was a lot of acid trippy stuff and then there was just stuff that was just sort of more grim and and gritty in the first place i mean the whole point of sesame street is it's supposed to be like this ethnic ghetto i mean that's the point of the show (laughs) and and now you look at it and it's like this is nicer than the street i live on you know everything's fucking colorful and that's basically what it's supposed to be it's supposed to reflect (laughs) you know the burrows or whatever and and it doesn't anymore at all, you know. And all the animated shorts and everything were, were supposed to, you know, be like very urban and everything, and they're they're not in the slightest anymore. All right, well, that's way too much about that shit. Yeah, sure. Um, moving on, um, you know, so I watched Bacano, and I also watched Psychano, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're totally unrelated. Um, Psychano is a pretty old anime. Uh, based off of obviously an, an ever more ancient manga, um, it's uh, it's kind of hard to explain. But like, you know how there's all those like kind of cheesecakey super maids and like girls God. that live in your house that are magical and have power and and that sort of thing, and they try to save the world or whatever. Sh- shall we list a few examples? Uh, I don't know, like something like maybe Mahoromatic or something. Uh, uh, well, starting with Ursa Yatsura, wouldn't that be like the original one? Like the yeah. harem, harem show sort of a thing? It, and this, it, this isn't a play off of like a harem. It's more of a play off of like overpowered girlfriend that has to save the world. Okay. 
you know, or, or like maybe not like save the world in a really heroic way, but have like a silly bad guy to beat so, every week. L- nuku nuku kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. More more along that line, right? Well, Saikano takes that genre of the the super powered girlfriend or whatever, and was like, "What if this shit were really real?" So instead of using you know, magical laser beam or whatever to uh, to kill bad guys. What if she just had a Gatling gun and she used them on people that died? And <laughs> what if, uh, what if, like, you know, she was getting shot also by guns and um, didn't die but was shot and bleeding everywhere? And it it supposes that sort of universe. Like, what if this stuff were all very very real and the grim realities that would accompany it and what it would be like to date uh this girl so it is a baffling psychological um play that uh that is really intense at times and uh can be unnerving to watch um so a lot of anime end really really badly um for two reasons one, the Japanese do not know how to make endings to things. Uh, anyone that's <laughs> really familiar with Japanese cinema will tell you the same. Many of their movies, the credits roll, and you're just you're left like looking at the person next to you, just kind of like, what? Wait, what the fuck was that? What what was that ending? Uh, like, so did they? Did they get it or not? I don't understand what happened there. And like that, so many of their movies end in that format where. They just don't explain anything, and they just cut the credits out of nowhere. Uh, So the other kind of ending they really like is they really like super mega tragic endings. Um, They like to take... There there are a lot of examples in anime where, uh, like, and especially actually in China, this is really, really popular. Um, They'll take a hero, and they will just fuck him over and over and over and over it's like all right hero that's been searching for you know the princess forever you found her and your best friend rapes her in front of you and uh she loses an arm and uh like your legs are cut off so now you're in a wheelchair and like and they just don't stop they just go on and on like (laughs) fucking like the hero over for this this miserable like tragedy tear jerker jerk off uh like which is just horrific like um i'm thinking of a specific chinese series when i talk about things like that but uh so saikano at the end of i don't know i want to say it was like there's only a couple episodes left in the series right uh it's not long i think it's only like maybe 12 to 15 episodes or something i i come to the end of one of the episodes and I just happen to let it play, and I see translator's note. If you want Saikano to have a decent ending, this was it. Go ahead and turn off the anime now and never come back. If you want your shit completely fucked, please, by all means, continue <laughs> to the next episode. And I stared at that on the screen for a minute, and I was like, on the one hand... I don't like to, to, you know, pull out of things early. But on the other hand, 
many times I've went to the end of an anime and like screamed like what the fuck was that if someone had told me that that's what was coming I just would have fucking abandoned ship a long time ago so I seriously considered what my next move as kind of a, uh, a hardcore anime fan was and I ultimately decided that to avoid hypocrisy I needed to listen to him so I nodded at the screen I said thanks translator <laughs> I turned off Saikano and I have never finished it and the ending that's in my head is good and I'm satisfied hey think about it in like five years they'll reanimate the entire show and they'll make it end that way that, <laughs> I can only hope because that happens sometimes too like well I, I often wonder about this bad ending thing because this is definitely not something that just you have noticed uh all the time like basically everyone hates the end of their favorite show it seems like and i guess unless it's like a really lame show where nothing happens you know that you can kind of you know roll with it if it's a t you know kids drama or something like that but generally people hate the ends of their favorite anime all the time and i wonder like is this because they make bad endings or is it because they just have a different a completely different aesthetic in their head on how to end a show. Uh, like the well, f- there are a couple of different bad endings. There's the everyone you like dies ending, that sometimes is really just a matter of people not wanting to see their hero die. It's not necessarily whether or not it's good or bad, but they want the show to go on forever, like uh, you know Ranma or something, and it doesn't. So sometimes that's the ending they don't like. Sometimes it's the ending that just makes no fucking sense. Uh, then there's the ending that doesn't tell you what happened uh it just ends i think that one's largely based on uh like influential european cinema because uh, you know like typically uh you know hollywood movies all usually have fairly concise endings and usually fairly you know happy ones in the way that the hero kills the bad guy or whatever but in the sense of but wait 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 but as the hero's walking away the bad guy's hand pops out of the ground yeah, to sequel. prepare for a sequel. Yeah, <laughs> yep. but if you watch a lot of movies uh, from Fred Frigo Alini, Fred Fellini, Federico Fellini, whatever, or uh, Wim Wenders or movies like that, things that don't make sense or things that end abruptly are kind of normal. And I think sometimes maybe that's just what anime directors are sort of going for and not necessarily succeeding in as popular of a manner, you know? Because you got to think just about everything relating to Japanese pop culture is a huge chimera of crap from all over the world. And maybe they just decided that the Love Conquers All ending was not one of the things they were going to co-op most of the time. I don't know. I think it's a general Asian um, fixation on tragedy. Yeah, there's that that too. If you watch Korea or China or Japan, like throughout them all, uh, Vietnam... uh, trying to think of other places I've seen shows from all through Asia there's this theme of life is hard and ends bad <laughs> like most like, of the time yeah uh, man I made the mistake of watching this fucking Korean movie uh, called Hardy Paws <laughs> it's a movie about a dog I was like oh my wife will like this she likes dogs whoops oh boy <laughs> fuck worst mind fuck ever Ever. So is it? It's not like Old Yeller. It's worse than Old Yeller. 
it's like old yeller if they proceeded to like juggle his corpse like with a magneto <laughs> infinite for the next 45 minutes <laughs> it's like he's dead oh shit he tagged in magneto <laughs> magnetic tempest <laughs> like for 45 minutes and you know, like he's he's grabbing the grandma and like, no, not my grandma, no, not my best friend, and he's just like Magneto just doesn't stop for forty five minutes. That's what uh, that's what Hardy Paws was like, and uh, man, do I regret ever having put that in front of my wife. That was a <laughs> that was a huge mistake, <laughs> huge fucking mistake. What was I thinking? Well, I was thinking about uh, the. Uh... The Gundam movie, Shars Counterattack, was supposed to be the finale of the original story arc. It had the, the two main characters, and they were older and wiser and more influential politically, and they were super pilots and everything. And at the end of the movie, their final confrontation with their ultimate mecha or whatever, at the end of the movie, it's kind of sort of hard to tell what really happened. Like, it's not especially spelled out. And... There wasn't. There's still never been a, like a direct sequel to this show, and so basically f- for like ten years, people were you know debating what really happens at the end of this fucking movie. And I think sometimes people, when they make these shows, they they try to make something that endures in that way. Like, yeah, hey, wouldn't it be cool if people wondered what the hell was going on with my movie ten years after it came out? You know, they're still thinking about it. Uh, maybe that's what they're going for. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is there any better example of this phenomenon than Evangelion? I think not. Uh, a show that made so little sense at the end that uh, <laughs> we're like four movies deep, and I don't know that we're any closer to figuring out uh, what the fuck is supposed to be going on there. Um, I still have people like that try to explain it, and I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't. I don't. <laughs> like that. That show ended for me. Um, when my favorite character basically got marginalized like super early on, and I was just like, okay, I can see where this is going. So the um, giant Robo had a weird ending. In the, it had it, well, it had sort of a combination of two kinds of so-called bad endings. One was that one of the hero characters ended up dying in a really fucked up way, uh, kind of unexpectedly, and then the other thing at the same time is it resolved basically nothing, because at the end of this whole show. You're, you're, you've been trying to figure out who the good guys and the bad guys really are because it's a sort of thing where you know history is written by the winners or whatever and you start out with a show that has some history and you think you know A is A we really find out A is B and then when you get to the end after the, all this shit goes down and all this crazy things and you, and you think like wow no one expected this and then at the end you know like the bad some bad guy you've never even seen before wakes up out of his hyperbolic chamber and says Ah, that's step one of my plan. And then this fucking show ends and never comes back. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's so horrible. But at the same time, it's really cool because you, phase you're, always, you're always wondering, like, wow, what was phase two? No, see, that is not cool. Like, with me... I that, think it's really cool. That, me, that's a fucking beatdown. That's a, that's a fly to Japan, find the guy's house... Drag him outside, beat him until he tells you what plan two was. Like. And it's you know it's almost amplified, probably somewhat unintentionally, by the fact that Giant Robo was a show that when they originally started planning it, I think they said it was going to be like X number of episodes, and it was going to come out over a period of like two years, and it ended up being 
it took seven years, I think, to come out with seven episodes. And some of them are half an hour and some of them are 50 minutes and some are 40 minutes. And the prices are all different. And the links are all different. And sometimes there'd be like a year and a half between episodes. And it's kind of like uh, Game Face Radio in a way. And then, <laughs> and then by the time, it, so not only are you, you, not only are you waiting for the ending and the explanation, you've been waiting for a long time and there was a serious uh, likelihood of the ending never happening and that the series was never going to end because the financial situation between 1992 or 1991 or whatever, and 1998 or whenever it ended, there was a big, the OVA market totally fucking crashed during that time period. So through the whole period, this whole period, you're like, man, I hope they fucking finish this show so I can know what's going on. And then you get to the end and you have no clue what was going on. Your understanding in your own head was better in the first episode than it was by the time it was over. Holy shit. Um, Okay, so we kind of got sidetracked there. Uh, I have two more things I really need to get to, um, so I'm going to go ahead and kind of take the floor. Um, First of all, I mentioned on the last episode that I was going to attend SakuraCon. Now, I've been out of the con scene in general for years and years and years and years, right? Uh, Like, I remember when... I remember the first anime con... Um, in the Chicago area, I was I was at the first one. Um, this is Anime Central. Um, I was at the first Anime Iowa. Um, so like these are all in like 1996, seven ish kind of times. Um, so you know I remember when they were like 80 percent male. Um, cosplay did not exist. Um, video games were still a very large part of them. Uh, like, you know, a lot of things were different. Um, everything was fan subs. There was, like, almost no legitimate anything. Um, the dealer's room was full of, like, rare treasures that you couldn't imagine and have never seen before. They weren't at Toys R Us. And they weren't Toys R Us, and there certainly was no internet to just go buy all this shit off of. Um, no. so it, it was a, it was a much, much different time. And, like, when I think of anime cons, I, I, I remember seeing the slow transition um, when the Pokemaniac wave kind of broke and the the uh, the Cartoon Network stuff kind of started to, to happen and I kind of got out of it. Um, I want to say that was like in 2000 or 2001 or so. I uh, can't quite remember. But so I was like, all right, you know, I'm moving to an all-new part of the U.S., and if you've never been to Seattle, uh, you may not know that it is essentially the little Tokyo of the U.S. Like, there is no American city I've ever been to that's as Japanese as Seattle. Um, the The population of, of Asians, and especially Japanese, are just, it's massive. Um, they are literally just everywhere. So a lot of the things in the city cater to them and their sensibilities and... Uh, I figured, why not try on what their version of an anime con is? Um, I noticed right away, looking at the the guest list, when I saw Mayumi Tanaka and High and Mighty Color. Um, Mayumi Tanaka is Luffy from One Piece. So, I mean, there is no bigger seiyu working in the world today than her. Uh, And uh, High and Mighty Color has made... The intro music for Bleach and, like, I believe one of the Gundam shows and tons of other fucking shit. Um, so, I mean, they're 
a significantly legitimate band, though, I would say they are probably on the backside of their popularity slide. I think they've already peaked and are coming down. Um, but still, it was it was like a chance to see a real Japanese like concert arena band play, uh, which is not an opportunity I've ever really had before. So I was like, I'll definitely go to that too then. Um, so I went with a, a pretty open mind. And uh, I think the thing that struck me right away was that cons are now a majority women. Um, men have completely lost the anime con to, uh, to his female counterpart. The women now clearly outnumber the men. Uh, which was pretty jarring. I was kind of shocked by that. Um, secondly, and I mean this is kind of expected, was uh, at least 40% of the con is in costume of yeah, some sort. Th- that's why I stopped going. Well, uh, here's here's the thing. Like When I think of cosplay, I mean, my mind immediately gravitates towards bad cosplay. Because yeah, not the good, the good stuff is not what you think about. It's the bad right, shit. right. That's what you gravitate towards. Because in the Midwest, in the 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 times that Zeta and I uh, kind of got into all this shit, um, that's what was prevalent. I mean, you would see one good cosplay, maybe two, and you would see seventy really horrible ones or something. Like it was largely in the bad favor. Um, well, over the last decade, I guess that has changed with the invention of cosplay.com and a lot of these other like major websites uh the general level of cosplay is just far far greater than it used to be or at least it is in seattle um i would like to say that i have like a a camera full of just failure and and some very hilarious pictures i don't (laughs) i mean i yeah i saw two maybe three but like there is fucking endless amazing costume after amazing costume after amazing costume like dark link was so good that it could have been a movie about zelda and she could have played dark link like it was remarkable the um the the katekyo hitman reborn cosplayers uh were (laughs) amazing like one of them, like, if I were to make a live-action movie, I would have to track down and have this person do it because um, one of the characters in Reborn, Bill Mare, has kind of an exaggerated, goofy smile and, like, some some crazy eye-hiding hair and, like, looks really ridiculous even in the show. And yet, you know, here it was in 3D, like, pulled off really convincingly and really sinister, uh, complete with the creepy smile and everything. Like, I don't know how this dude did it but i mean it's like i was just really impressed and i mean people are like you know like using all kinds of like professional hollywood makeup things to do like eyebrows and and contacts and makeup and like it just i was really shocked at the level of of costumes i really was i was not really prepared for everyone to be like in such good costumes um also having a con that's 60 percent woman i know what you're thinking you're thinking hose beast huge chicks fat chicks ugly chicks you know like that's what you're thinking in your mind i know and that's not the case either um 
this is partially due to Seattle. Seattle doesn't have very many fat people, in just in general for an American city. Uh, it's full of like slender, attractive Asian women. Um, so it's it's not like Michigan, in other words. Yeah, it's nothing like I, I, Michigan. Basically, everybody's big here. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean big. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I'm born and raised in the Midwest, so I know. I do know. The number and, one selling vehicle is not the Ford Explorer; it's the Amigo electric chair. Yeah. So <laughs> in Seattle, there's just like tons of pretty and slim, like Japanese bred women and and other Asian girls and all kinds of pretty white girls too. And I was just like this is so different like this makes this makes anime feel far less dorky i mean i realize dressing up in costume is super dorky i'm not gonna say it's not but like when i think of what i had to defend what i did at a con when i was 18 if i instead were to be able to say oh i'm, I'm going to this place that's like 60 percent chicks and a lot of them like wear practically nothing like it would be a much harder to argue against going to do that, you know. Yeah, in fact, you can, you pretty much described next next summer's blockbuster buddy movie from the creators of Hangover. <laughs> They're pretty much this is pretty much what's going to be made. Yeah, you know what? And point. I will be first in line to see it. Um, <laughs> so, like, it was a uh, it was a real trip in that way. Um, here's what I really didn't expect, though. SakuraCon was not run very well from a efficiency standpoint um they are some they do some unique kind of thing where they're like a non-for-profit group or whatever so when you pay for the entrance to the con you don't pay for entrance you gain membership to the seattle anime society which gives you the right to attend the con yeah, that's an old school way of doing it yeah, yeah like so you know they are sakuracon.org instead of .com um because they're a non-for-profit and it's a really fucked up way of operating and so i show up on saturday at 2 p.m now anyone that's ever been to an anime con is like dude you missed half the con yeah you know it's half over you missed half and i know that but you know i'm an adult and i got other shit to do this is just something i'm kind of doing on a lark so i go to register right and 2 p.m. on Saturday. Now, I have been in excess of 10 cons. Zeta, how many cons have you been to? I have a lot more than 10, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, you think 25? 30? Uh, 30, maybe. I don't know. Okay. So, between us, we've, we've at least seen these things done 40 times, right? Sure. Saturday at 2 p.m., how many people should be in registration? None. It's closed. Even even if it is, yeah, it's like even if it is, there's one guy that's running yeah. the registration desk, right? Yeah. I walk in, there is 400 people in line to register. <laughs> that's interesting. It took. Have they, they been there since the day before? <laughs> it took three hours to get through registration. Wow, that sucks. So I didn't actually hit the con till 5 p.m. So yeah, I was rather annoyed and. Um, I met a couple people off Facebook there, and one of them gave me a pro tip on how to sneak into the High and Mighty Color concert without waiting in that line, which I did. Um, the High and Mighty Color concert was pretty great, although they're, they played a lot of stuff off their new album, which is a lot more screamy and a little bit less poppy and, and 
you know, I didn't like that as much. More high and mighty, less color. Yeah, I could have used yeah. a little more color. <laughs> um, other than that, it was pretty great. It was pretty spectacular. Um, and then I went uh, and I watched an anime movie called Sword of the Stranger. Now, we were just talking about um, how there's a lot of bad end. And um, I also feel that the Japanese can't make good movies. Um, almost every anime movie is really terrible and almost every actual Japanese movie is pretty bad too. Yeah, um, they're really hurt. The, Japan is not a country that makes good movies. Yeah, cause it's, tr- it's true. <laughs> the Koreans have figured that shit out way better. Oh way yeah, the better. Chinese kick their ass too. Yeah. Korean movies are my favorite movies in Asia. Um, I actually put Korea number two worldwide after Hollywood as far as the ability to make a movie that's interesting. You know? Uh, so definitely check out more Korean movies if you have not. Although, stay the fuck away from Hardy Paws. I'm warning you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I go upstairs and I watch this movie. It's called Sword of the Stranger. And uh, it's by Studio Bones. Um, so it's a major, major release. Uh, Animation is pretty beautiful. I like the character design. Uh, the action was really good. Uh, told a great story that I was I was on it, pretty much on the edge of my seat the whole time, and uh, I have no complaints. It just by being good, you know, not excellent or incredible, but just by being pretty good, um, it was instantly in the, my top five anime movies of all time, because almost all of them are terrible. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like, all of them are. Yeah. Sword of the Stranger. I do not know the Japanese name off the top of my head, but you know we live on the internet. I think you can probably find it. Uh, go watch it. It's a great movie, and it's it's just a real fun like. Hey everyone, let's sit down and watch a pretty interesting film. Like you're out, you'll have a good time, and there's there's nothing wrong with that movie, and it should entertain you for the hour and twenty five minutes or thirty minutes or whatever it lasts. So go check that out. Sword of the Stranger. Um, so I was feeling really great at Sakurakon coming off of that combo of High and Mighty Color and Sword of the Stranger, um, which already wound up putting me at like 11 at night or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I had been up since uh, like 6 a.m. that morning. So my batteries were already starting to run down, and I was I was looking for something else to do, and there was a uh, intro to Japanese bondage panel. Because <laughs> you know who, who doesn't need it is, so it's still a con after all. <laughs> like who doesn't need more shibari in their life, uh, and you know that that was hoping to be interesting, but unfortunately the people I was with talked me out of going. Uh, so I wish I could I could report more about that. Unfortunately, I had to cut Sakurakon short. I had a long day the next day ahead of me, um, so I wish I could say more about it. But I will say. Uh, surprisingly legit uh, feels a bit less nerdy than it used to although there were still some very nerdly activities like uh, I did still see someone with like a free hug sign like hanging around Ugh. the escalator like that kind of shit does still go on and it's you know those people are kind of the dregs and most people ignore them um, <laughs> one, one thing that I thought was weird is uh, I guess it's really hip now to have professional grade photography skills and equipment. Oh and, yeah, well it's an anime con. They're always gonna have those sorts of people. Well, like I guess it's it's hip to do what you know it, to like grab a cosplayer and do what's called a photo shoot. 
where they grab like just two of them and they like literally take them outside and, and like you know have them like do in character posing or, or interactions and like clean it all up in photoshop and like spend a lot of time on it because uh i keep saying yeah i did a photo shoot with this guy and i did a photo shoot with that guy and oh yeah here's the photo shoot with uh akuma and cammy check this out and like you know there's a lot of like interesting stuff like that that was uh that was kind of going on although by far the most disturbing thing i witnessed at sakura khan um like there's this like really great chung lee cosplayer right like the boots are there the especially the legs like you know it's the old split seam chung lee where it goes all the way up to the thigh like you know super sexy long legs and like the the pantyhose are there and like you know even the tits are filled out like everything is there for chung lee until you get to the face and realize it's a dude mm. like I was say, how thick was this person's legs <laughs> They, Old Chun Li has tree trunks for legs. Was this was this there? <laughs> <laughs> I would say his legs were not as big quite as Chun Li's, but uh, yeah, it was really disturbing. This guy looked more like Chun Li from a body standpoint than the female Chun Li that he was posed next to. Like the there's a short Asian girl playing Chun Li next to him, and he looked more like Chun Li, and he had the way better legs. So he was creeping everyone out. With well, his that's sexy just, that just shows uh, how how bad old Capcom art is. <laughs> his his <laughs> sexy like girl legs were disturbing <laughs> as hell. Uh, so that that was really unsettling. Sexy girl legs guy, uh, I salute your bravery. <laughs> like you were just like, I'm going yeah, that, to fall out. You know, panties and pantyhose for the win. Like, and that, that, that's the one thing that I really hated about cons was not only costumes, bad blubber uh and then of course cross-dressing all that combined blubbery cross-dressing bad cosplay that that's anime cons to me the other thing that was weird is there's a lot of video game cosplay that has nothing to do with anime oh yeah tons of it yeah yeah, it's like if you see you know street fighter you're like okay well there's a street fighter anime that makes sense right um one of the more popular cosplays is actually team fortress 2 (laughs) <laughs> there's a uh, just tons of team fortress cosplayers and uh so it kind of made up my mind like the characters in team fortress if you're not familiar with them are all like grown adult white males right they're not teenagers or anything um so if i have to uh ever get tangled in the world of cosplay team fortress cosplay is probably the safest way out for me there aren't any women you can dress up as. <laughs> I don't have those. If legs. not, I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have those beautiful, beautiful legs. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have to. You know, get the the epa lady out and. <laughs> well, something that something that happened with uh, with with cons was like, it got to the point where like the costume play was so normal and so expected from these people that the actual. Like, these people, it seems like they go to a con and they don't even... It's not like, hey, I have a great idea for a costume. Let's make a great costume. It wasn't like that. It's like, well, I'm going to an anime con. I guess, you know, what what kind of costume am I going to wear? So they would just, like... You saw the worst fucking costumes. It'd be, like, literally made out of, like, foil and duct tape. And you'd be like, what are you except awful looking? Yeah, there... <laughs> and, you, and you smell. <laughs> there's none of that shit anymore. 
Um, like there was there was a guy in Ohio who was always dressed as Aqualad, and which is not anime related, not a popular character. So that part's cool, but not anime related. Plus, he was like forty eight years old and fat, which is not a good recipe for spandex. And one time I saw him uh, shaving in the in the bathroom in the lobby. <laughs> See, to me, that that's an anime con cosplay. <laughs> that's what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, there was one guy out of irony. Uh, who made his entire outfit out of duct tape? Yeah, I don't appreciate that. He, he was um, well. It was for irony, like yeah, I know. So it was even, all the times I saw it too. That's the thing. Well, he even used like colored duct. Like, it looked good. That was the thing. Like he <laughs> okay. made he made a duct tape cloud strife, and he made like the big spiky blonde wig out of yellow duct tape, and it was like it looked pretty good. But it was just like he was like, yeah, duct tape, just because I can. Fuck yeah. You know, where everyone else has all these, like, styled wigs that they spent, like, $100 on. Um, yeah, that's the other thing with cosplay is, like, it's easier to just buy all that shit now. So yeah. I think a lot of people might just be doing that. Yeah, if anyone out there ever is curious what I might look like, all you need to do is look up the Team Fortress 2 engineer. Because uh, if I was going to cosplay, <laughs> I already look like that guy significantly. So it would be, you know, because I'm, I'm a very firm believer and you only should cosplay what you look like. If yes, yeah, to, if sure. you don't look like the character, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, for my days, there was a guy who used to go as Lupin the Third all the time, and he looked pretty much exactly like him. So you just put him in a green suit, and that was all he needed. His hair was already just like Lupin's. And then there was the the Dan Hibiki that was pretty common. Norm was his name. He looked fucking exactly like Dan. <laughs> I think know, I met it, that guy actually. Yeah, probably, quite possibly. Uh, he did Midwest stuff and East Coast, uh, and then uh, that that kind of stuff works. Yeah, it's like great. If, if you if you look like that guy in real life, um, there was a a God of War cosplayer. <laughs> Who looks like that in real life? This guy, the Barbarian Twins. He looks exactly like <laughs> fucking Kratos. Like I was like, holy shit! He looks like Sony hired him to come and promote the game. Like and had professional Hollywood studio send him out here because he was ready to be in the God of War movie, except for he's on my Facebook, so I know he's not. Like I saw the the pictures like weeks up to the con, like armor nearly complete. Here's preliminary gauntlet work. Here's preliminary like you know <laughs> shoulder pad work or whatever. And I was like, when I saw him, I was just like, holy shit, holy shit looks like kratos um there was a brian fury cosplayer that is disturbingly good like the facial scars and everything like don't know how they even did it don't know where you find snakeskin pants don't even know (laughs) but holy shit it looked just like brian fury with the muscles and everything it's like the people that are doing this now could be in the movie versions of these characters like they're well sometimes they are like effects people get involved and yeah, like, this Brian Fury could have been in, in Tekken, the movie, as Brian Fury. Instead, they'll cast someone that doesn't look anything like Brian Fury. Oh, yeah, they'll just give him an all-black costume. Yeah, like, this Brian Fury <laughs> even went and got the, like, like fluorescent blue contacts because Brian Fury has kind of glowing blue eyes. Like, I mean, they're, they're just going out on such a limb and doing so much work to nail this stuff. So, I think if you like costumes you definitely need to go to an anime <laughs> con. I mean, it's just, if you like, if you want to hit on a lot of, um, like 16 to 20 year old women, you need to go to an anime con. Um, if you want to watch anime, 
that is not very common to see uh go on the internet yeah there's not there's not a lot you're not gonna learn a lot about anime at an anime con anymore uh which is kind of disappointing because my my memories of con hood used to be hundreds of hours in the viewing room like mm-hmm. i used to spend you know half my weekend there just like what new series will i discover you know what will be the what will be the thing that I'll go home and buy all of after seeing a bit of it at the anime con, you know? Yeah. They don't really have, they don't really have fan subs at, at shows anymore. And that's because, uh, like ADV and everyone goes to the anime cons and issues Mm -hmm. cease and desist orders. And I'm like, dude, as long as they don't show you the whole series, who gives a fuck? Right? Like pretty much if they want to show, if it's a big series anyway. Yeah. It's (laughs) like if they want to show one through four of a 26 episode series, who gives a shit? Let them show it all they want. Like, don't get in their hair. Like, because, I mean, they're just advertising for you at that point. Right on. You know? And not only that, but they'll 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 send you a letter for some show they don't even have anything to do with. They'll just be like, you know, hey, you're showing, uh, you know, some 25-year-old show that no one's ever going to bring out over here. And they'll, they'll, they'll just, you know, get on your shit about that or they won't come to the show. And, yeah, they're real hard asses about it. Oh, there was a, a world premiere movie um, for uh, or for Trigun, like the new movie straight from Japan premiered, uh, but I did not I didn't get there early enough to see it, so I can't report on it. But it's cool to see them at least do things like that, you know. At least that's still something that's weird, they can do. Trigun ended like ten years ago. It did, and I was I was and surprised that it got a movie. I um, wasn't aware that it was all that popular. Trigun was super super popular i mean i remember the last anime con i went to the last one like years and years back there was like uh 15 vash the stampedes running around or something like that yeah i remember that too but i mean this is one of those things where it's not like godzilla where it's still popular 10 years later is it i guess it was on cartoon network a long time. maybe it's just one of those things where like the producers got wind that it was popular and they just put money into it like when they made a new vampire hunter d movie and everybody went what <laughs> that's weird yeah but <laughs> everyone i a knew new vampire hunter d movie everyone i know went and saw that everyone they yeah, i don't i didn't even i don't even know what it looks like but I, I not to say that i'm necessarily disinterested it's just i found that was totally out of the blue it's not bad it's not a bad film it's a lot different but it's not bad um Okay, so I have one more order of business here, and uh, then we'll we'll need to close down the show for this episode. But now that we're a little more regular, you know, you guys want to go through withdrawal uh, quite as quite as badly. Um, just this is through the rumor mill. It's it's kind of blowing up all over the internet. Um, this guy that has leaked uh, the Street Fighter Four full character list before, and, and it turned out to be totally accurate, uh, has now leaked that. Uh, the sales of Tatsunoko versus Capcom were see sufficient enough to warrant another versus game, which he believes is going to be MVC three. Hmm. Um, well, it could happen. I mean, everything I know about fighting games has changed. So I don't, you know, quite possible, but the thing with, that sort of game be coming out is that it's it's more dependent on if there's a producer or a director that cares enough about making the game and also if you know the rights aren't tied up with somebody else these days you know that's how we got hd remix 
um, on Xbox Live Arcade, which is one of the best Street Fighter games in years, uh, was purely through the passion of David Serlin, who wanted that game to get made and worked with Capcom USA and Japan to make that a reality. Like, he just... He desperately wanted that to happen, much in the same way that uh, Bionic Commando Rearmed was made um, mm. off of, uh, what's his name, Ben Judge or whatever's back. Like, if there's someone that wants it bad enough in a, and they're in the right position, it can happen. Street Fighter Four was, like, a, a lot of Seth Killian pushing, I guess. So um, it's uh, it, it it's up there. But, I mean, right now, is Street Fighter been more popular in the last eight years than it has been right now. No, yeah. It's, no. A, it's a new peak. Yeah. yeah. As, Definitely. Has Marvel been more popular in the last eight years than it has been right now? Marvel as a brand or Marvel? Yeah, like Mar- the Marvel brand. Like Spider-Man, oh, I guess the, the Hulk. movies and everything are pretty huge. Yeah, yeah it's like Spider-Man, Iron Hulk, Man. Iron Man. Like these are all killing at the box office. You know, let's, especially with Iron Man 2 coming out. Um, and then the Avengers movies on its way out. That's gonna yeah, be. But that's all the huge. more reason for Electronic Arts to outbid Capcom and give us a piece of crap. Well, the thing is, is it's <laughs> it's gonna matter whether or not Capcom wants to make another classic, and is willing to pitch that at Marvel. Like if Marvel cares about their shit being good. I mean, I'm told that uh, the big difference between Marvel nowadays and back then is Marvel is at least I guess a little more invested in maintaining control over their IPs now and, and figuring out who's going to get it. Didn't, didn't Disney buy Marvel or somebody? Yeah, Disney bought them as a yeah. whole company, but I mean, I think yeah. everyone still works there, works there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I hope that they can just, you know, like I know Capcom can't afford to outbid. Uh, Activision will be the one that that can really outbid everybody. Activision has far more money now than EA ever did. Not only that, but I think Capcom, like like these big American publishers, are more interested in spending an ass load of money on the license and risking a whole shitload of cash on it. And Capcom, you know, when they made the original Versus games, I'm pretty sure they didn't blow half their budget on the license. But a company like Electronic Arts would would be ready to blow half their money on the license, and then you'd end up with a game that cost three hundred million dollars and wasn't any good. That, that that that's something that Capcom, old Capcom, not would would not have been interested in. Yeah, I mean, the thing that concerns me is if they do make Marvel versus Capcom two, uh, I don't see the likelihood of two D sprites being there, which is sad. Oh, no, no, the, like, it'll be like TVC. Yeah, it's like I I really want Blaze Blue, Marvel vs. Mm-hmm. Capcom 2. That would be the dream. And uh yeah, there's just probably no chance of that because you know, modeling like a thousand it's, it's characters just, in 2D art takes forever and I It's just not the way things are done. I mean, I was listen uh there was a good uh interview. You can get a transcript of it somewhere online. I think it was a radio interview between uh the producer of Ponyo uh, Suzuki and um, what's his name Oshi who does the Ghost in the Shell movies and everything and they were talking about Skycrawlers versus uh, Ponyo and, and Skycrawlers is, Skycrawlers is Oshi's new movie and has a lot of airplanes in it and all the airplanes are CG and you know they were talking about how Ponyo is like almost totally devoid of anything recognizable as CG whatsoever 
and Skycrawlers has quite a bit of CG in it. And, you know, they asked him, you know, like, you did, I noticed you made CG airplanes. And he's like, yeah, you know, I didn't really want to do CG airplanes, but basically there's no staff left in Japan to animate this. It's not that I, it was cheaper or that I didn't want to do it or whatever. It was just that it had to be this way because there just there isn't the staff there aren't the animators in Japan that there used to be. And the ones that are good and are still in the business, they pretty much all work for Ghibli now. So he had to use the planes. And that's the way it is, I think, with these video games. Is like I would love to see Tatsunoko versus Capcom that looked like uh, Fist of the North Star or something, you know? <laughs> Arc Systems, Fist of the North Star. You know, something looked that good. But uh, who's going to draw it? Exactly. I mean... Arc Systems all, seems all the kids to have go to it school all on today. Bach, you know? Why is Arc Systems the only one that can pull this shit off? Look good. I don't know. They pull it off pretty well, except for the fact that their shit's completely incomprehensible. Other than that, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's like... beautiful. Uh, Blaze Blue has, like, three hours of anime in it or some shit. <laughs> like, you're watching that forever before you even f- throw your first punch. You're like, holy I shit, don't know. It, what a it's, production. It's incredible to think that there was a time when Capcom could do, like, Alpha 3... Uh, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Pocket Fighter, and a bunch of other shit, all within like two or three years of each other. And not, and, and Darkstalkers games, which had amazing character designs and tons of animation, and uh, gotten to the point where they don't have the staff to do any of it anymore. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't foresee us getting that lucky, but... If they did, if, you know, it really was like a 50-character a Marvel vs. Capcom 3... I mean, I have to imagine sales would not be soft because if you ask the common man, right, like the the nobody that doesn't know shit about fighting games, how cool Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is, they'll tell you it's one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen, and it's way, (laughs) way better than that stupid Street Fighter shit because I can, like, throw lasers. Like, they they love that game far more because there's super jumping and big explosions and lasers, and it's it's very pleasing to the casual audience to see shit like that. So if we can get Tatsunoko versus Capcom, a game that is hard to license in the U.S. and not popular at all. Totally uh, out of left field. Yeah, like, totally over. Nobody was asking for that game. (laughs) Yeah, like, if that can get over here then please Capcom take some of that Lost Planet cash take some of that Dead Rising 2 cash Resident Evil cash you know anything anywhere you can scrape up the funds and just one last time just give me one more real versus game and then well, close the you know, coffin a while, back, a while back there was a there was a Beatmania Tatsunoko version of Beatmania it only came out in the arcades and it was all like you know brand new really good remixes of tatsunoko anime songs and at the time i thought like does anybody even remember any of these shows <laughs> i mean i know like some of them and then like and then and that was that was like 10 years ago so and then here comes this new one it's someone at tatsunoko is like really good at pushing their license onto people yeah i don't know how that game got made i'm i'm baffled that someone's like you know I wonder if Ipatu Man could take on Ryu. What? What? Really? <laughs> you wonder that? Well, I, I mean, some of these characters, I think, yeah, but I mean, like, the universe as a whole, yeah, there just isn't that much to give. It's not like Marvel where, like, everybody fist fights, you know, even if it doesn't even make sense. But this is this is totally strange. Yeah, I mean... My, my one regret is they couldn't put Speed Racer in there. That would have been pretty sweet. 
the car or Racer X. Should put Racer X in there. <laughs> that would have been pretty cool. I think he right crossed people several times throughout that show. Because back then, yeah. that's how everyone fought. It's just like one big right cross. One, one bite. Yeah, one punch. Easy to animate. Yep. Well, those old Tatsunoko shows, they had like uh, a lot higher budget than other anime. They really stood out. They used airbrush on the cells and had some texture to things. Kind of flat. I mean, Speed Racer compared to other shows from 1973 or whatever, it's pretty flashy. Um, but still, not a lot of actual number of frames. Not very many frames. One cross, one frame. <laughs> one frame with shake and a sound effect, and you've just punched the guy almost for free. It's awesome. Well, on that note, let's cue the outro. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a good episode, and I would just like to say that uh, this was only step one of my master plan. Oh, boy. And then this will be the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Forever, you guys will wonder what I was talking about. <laughs> Ten years later, then I'll then we'll release a movie that uh, doesn't answer any questions anyway. <laughs> Remake. If we figured out what this series of Game Face Radio is, I mean, we're not on Battle uh, We're not on Battle no, anymore. No, I just started numbering them. It's a quasi-accurate number. This is about episode 43, I think, or 42. So I, What did I call the last one, 41? So this is 42. <laughs> and I, I don't know how many episodes of GFR there actually are, but I don't think it's more than 50, and it's definitely at least 37. So we're somewhere, <laughs> somewhere close. I'm sure... <laughs>